All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Teamwork A Better Way podcast, our inaugural live stream on LinkedIn. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm Christian Napier and joined uh, by uh, my illustrious co-host, the incomparable Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? I am fantastic, Christian. Uh, so excited to be with you and, and a little nervous. I mean, this is our first time go live. And I just realized, I don't know if we're actually recording this. So I don't know how we're going to be able to do that for the podcast. That's that's interesting as I'm you know just learning how to do this. <laughs> Well, we'll find out, right? That uh, that's that's how we learn. We try something, and then uh, we figure out what works and what didn't, and uh, we move forward. So, uh, you don't learn unless you don't try. That's right. And you know what? We, what do we say? Fail, fail fast, fail often, fail forward. So, hopefully, uh, you know we're, we're failing forward here. Well, hopefully, our listeners don't think, well, this is going to be a failure. And they fail <laughs> on us. No. I hope they uh, stick around. You know, for I, I'm really excited uh, to to dive into our topic. But before we do that, um, it's been a beautiful snowy morning here in Sandy. What's it like in your in your neck of the woods? Yes. Oh my goodness. It, it, so I just love that fresh layer of of perfectly you know white snow, and then the sun is out. And I love when the snow catches that that sunlight and it just glints and sparkles. So absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite things about morning. Yeah. There's something a uh, there's something about a winter uh, light, you know, especially in the early morning or or in, at dusk. It's just really, really uh, beautiful, uh, a bit mysterious. I, I really, really like it. Okay, well, we've got a great topic. You introduced it on a post that you made uh, welcoming everybody to this LinkedIn live event and uh, Maybe we should go ahead and dive into that. Uh, the post said, get your team unstuck. And it had a picture of a of an individual taped with Velcro. Oh, not Velcro. Um, duct uh, tape. Duct tape, yeah. duct tape up against the wall. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> well, so first of all, that was a, a team building process that I had done last week with about 80 uh, construction workers and executives. We... Uh, we we did a retreat and we had uh, we divided them into 10 no eight groups and the the assignment was to safely duct tape one of their team members to to the wall and when i saw that 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 picture it was just awesome this guy it was almost like being crucified on the wall <laughs> and uh, right but the idea came you know how do we get unstuck now that we got him up there and and this idea of of getting the team a, to work together, but today specifically, how do we get our team to innovate through through problems? How do we increase our, you know, innovation mojo to to get unstuck? And and to me, I think that's a really important topic for for teams right now that may be struggling with the challenges that they're facing with the with the with the new now and and the economy and how things are are going. I totally agree, and and part of this was, I guess, inspired uh, by an article that I ran into uh, in Inc. Magazine uh, entitled, Want to be more innovative and creative? Science says avoid the dreaded Einstellung effect. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly Einstellung or not. for all eine, uh, unsere deutsche uh, listeners here. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you come from a German ancestry, and I've got a, a son-in-law who um, lived in Germany and speaks fluent German. I'll have to ask him. Uh, but it's by Jeff Hayden. It's an excellent article. And as you looked at that in your experiences, you identified three 
uh, critical ways that we can, what did you say? Cr increase our innovation mojo. mojo. Yeah, right, our right. innovation mojo. So uh, why don't you share the first way with us, Spencer? So first of all, don't take the first idea that, that comes. And we'll talk about why that's important. Second of all, really make, you got to create an environment where all ideas are safe and, you know, no one says, well, that won't work. So you can just start getting as many ideas as possible and then you can begin to, to winnow those down. And then thirdly, get an outside perspective. I, I, great ideas. The first one, uh, which was ignore the first idea that comes to your mind was actually featured in this article. Yes. And uh, there was interesting research conducted with chess players uh, to look at how they solved problems. And, and uh, the scientists that were doing this research found that chess players, if they, if they found a potential solution, they just kind of focused on the first solution that came to mind and they ignored other potential solutions. Their, their, their eyes, and their minds just kept coming back to the first solution that they found, even if it was not the optimal solution. Isn't that amazing? And you know, it happens all the time. I, you know, I'm not a professional chess player, yet it happens to me. For example, I know that when I'm writing, uh, I find that when I go to edit my own writing, there are mistakes that I, I, I don't even see. It's like they're not even there. And then someone points them out. I'm like, where was that? I didn't see it. Literally was blind to it. Why? Because in my mind, it's correct, right? And so it's very similar. Sometimes we, we, we go to a solution that is easiest or that makes sense right away. And, and as a result, our eyes keep going to that solution to the exclusion of all others that might actually be better or more efficient. And, 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 and what's interesting about that is once we come up with that idea, we feel really good about ourselves. We, we pat ourselves on the back like, wow, I, you know, I've, I've just figured it out. I've solved the problem. And this is the obvious solution. Uh, exactly. And what happens for me is, is uh, I have developed over my life a way of thinking about things. And if I find a solution that aligns with my way of thinking, then it's very easy for me to adopt it and ignore other solutions that may fall kind of, as we say, outside the box. You know? Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, he uses terms in there like confirmation bias. Uh, right. And even even uh, scientists themselves, you know, who who practice this can fall into these uh, potential traps because we have certain ways of thinking about the world, about uh, interpreting the the uh, our environment uh, in which we live and work and operate. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. I don't think it would be very easy, but you've got to make a conscious decision to ignore the first idea that comes into your head. And that that takes discipline and it and it takes energy. And you know what's interesting. You know, I talk with executives all the time about how, you know, they improve their, their team dynamics, how you improve your team performance. Well, it, it actually takes slowing down and spending time on it. And the argument is, well, I don't have time for that. I, I, I need to go with that first solution that comes to my mind because of all the pressures to perform and to produce. I mean, we are in a society that productivity, profitability, that's, that's what we're focused on. And so, logically, we think that I'm being efficient. And, and when I'm going for that first solution, so let's just 
let's just take it. And, you know, maybe sometimes we have this mindset like, uh, uh, you know, who was the, the, the great American uh, uh, general, uh, George Patton, he said, you know, a, a, a good plan violently executed today is better than a you know perfect plan next week. And, and there's some truth to that. But the idea is, is that we want to be efficient. And I argue that sometimes efficiency comes at the cost of being effective. What do I mean by that? What if you go with that first plan? What if you argue, I'm just working and I don't have time to develop my team and that's the most efficient? What if slowing down and spending time coming up with a better solution in the long term would save you more time? Time going back and fixing those things. Time spent on your team helping them be more productive so it's not all on your shoulders. But it's an investment of time up front that sometimes causes us to, to take an approach that is not in our best interest. And, and I'll give you an example. So many investors in, in publicly traded companies, they want investment return immediately, right? And, and, and so they look for that, that quick turnaround, that quick gain. And, and there's a company on, you know, that, that, that's traded called Costco. Maybe you've heard of Costco. And they took up an approach with their employees that, you know, we're going to invest in our employees. We're going to pay them more. And, and many uh, initial investors in, in Costco said, that's crazy. You know, they punish the company. But if you look over time, that investment has continually and steadily grown in value to a greater return for investors because they did it right in the first place and not just went for that quick return on investment. Does that concept make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And actually what the concept is uh, telling me is uh, if you're a CEO or you're an executive, you cannot make all of these decisions or come up with all of these ideas on your own, right? So, so uh, that takes us to the second point, which is about getting other people involved and them sharing their ideas brainstorming you know why don't you tell us a little bit about that how you get the people in your circle to contribute their ideas to help the company innovate because you can't think of everything yourself well no that's right you can't think of everything yourself and and hopefully you you don't want to and so, so there, there's a couple of ways to do that. I, I, I think back to, I think it was Ralph Stair, who was the, uh, used to be the president of Johnsonville Foods uh, way back in, in the 80s. And um, he had this idea that he wanted to develop his team and get them to, to take on more of, of the responsibility. So one of the things he did is every time they came to him as the CEO for a solution, for an idea, he wanted to, to get them to, to think about ideas first. And so he, he put a sign on his desk, Christian, that said, the answer is the question. And so what does that mean? When people came in to ask him a question, he would say, well, what do you think? And he started, he wanted them to be serious about any time there was a problem or any time they had a question, instead of just automatically going for the first solution, which is the CEO knows he's got all, or he or she 
or you know whoever the CEO is has all the answers, right? And sometimes we think that leadership is supposed to have all the answers, and and that's a lot of burden and responsibility, and and it, it really is is not true. I mean, if you ask the CEOs, they would say, no, I'm, I just hire great people around me. But in this case, he wanted to teach them to, to develop that. So, so that's one thing is to create an expectation that when people come to you, you're not going to just give them the answer. You're going to challenge them to think. Secondly, create an environment where psychological safety exists for people to be able to challenge your thinking. In other words, you you need to have, um, call it productive uh, dissent, right? Or constructive consent, uh, dissent. And to be able to share their own ideas and not have those ideas immediately shot down like, oh, that won't work. So, Part of the the brainstorming process is to get all the ideas and to actually build on ideas without shutting anything down to just get those juices flowing. I know that there are some great thinkers that would, for example, get themselves out of their normal environment, meet together at a at a maybe a, a kitchen. I think this is, you know, some of the, the great movie makers, they would just get together and, and, and make a meal together, get out of their normal environment so that they could just get the creative juices flowing and just start riffing. Well, it's interesting to hear you say this because for this to work, you have to create a culture that encourages people to share their own ideas because if you bring in a bunch of yes men or you punish people for thinking outside the box they won't think outside the box they will just continue to think inside your box and then it's really not helping anybody right so how do you establish this culture that allows people to feel like they have the freedom to express themselves that they have some autonomy of thought uh, rather than just having to quote unquote, toe the company line all the time? You know, that's that's a great question. And, and one of the things that, that I think is to mine for conflict. And and so as the executive, as the team leader, and I, and I recognize I'm out of sync here and I'm sorry, I've done everything I can to, to get my computer to work, but we just have to deal with it. Um, it is, is if... If there's not any discussion on a, on a problem or an idea, is to tell the team that we're not going forward until somebody comes up. It, let's say you've come up with the first solution, right? Like we talked about not to do. That's one of the first things. Don't go with that first solution. If we have just come up with, say, one or two ideas, I would say mine for conflict in the following way. We cannot move forward on any one of these ideas unless we hear why these ideas, now that you've got the two ideas, why they won't work. So make it safe for people to challenge those. And we have to have, we have, to have another alternative because we can't make a choice between one or maybe just two alternatives. We need to be able to choose from from multiple alternatives. And so as the executive, make sure that you don't move forward until you have multiple ideas and somebody that has maybe after those ideas 
have given them permission to say, now, let, now let's start poking holes in, in ideas. And make sure that it's, it's, it's cognitive dissent and not affective, right? Where we focus on, on people and, and not their ideas. We, we get to focus on ideas and never people. So I, I think those are a few, few things that, that we can do. Well, Spencer, hearing you talk about this is really, really interesting. Uh, we've talked about ignore the first idea and brainstorming, but sometimes, you know, your organization or your teams, they have been in the thick of it for a long period of time, and it's hard for them to see even collectively outside of the box because we've all been working on this particular problem together for so long. So tell us about your third recommendation, which is to get somebody from outside to come in and take a look and try to give you some fresh ideas. Well, so I actually gave the answer in the beginning when I said, you know, when I when I find myself writing and missing my own edits, I, I, I give it to my wife, who is my business partner, and she is, you know, she just tears it apart. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed that. You're so right. That doesn't make sense. In my mind, it makes sense. But she sees something from a completely different perspective. And I need that that perspective. And sometimes, you know, as a collective unit or as a team, we get stuck because we only see our one solution. You know, I I used to work for a leadership training and development company. It was a, it was a great company. I became the CEO of that company. But one of the challenges that we have that I tried to change is that every training solution we had was was really intense. And so I always like to say that, you know, if you have a problem in your company, that's a, that's a metaphorical nail. Well, my leadership company is the hammer and, and we will, we will pound that problem into submission. You know, the problem is, is sometimes you need a screwdriver. The problem is sometimes, you know, you need a different tool and not every problem is a nail. But that's the most that that's the tool that we had to solve those problems, and so I tried to bring in some additional tools, and 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 that was challenging for the company to to uh, to accept. And and I'll take that. Let, let me build on that. So this past weekend, I was doing a retreat with a company, in, in we went to a, a beautiful place. I don't know if you've ever heard of Homestead Ranch in Pine Valley, Utah. It was amazing, and uh, so we had a. It was about thirty people on this executive team. Young yeah, company down uh, west of St. George, northwest of St. George, northwest uh, of St. George. Yeah, yeah and uh, beautiful place. It was absolutely beautiful, and you know what's interesting is that they they teach a lot of the principles that that I teach to their clients. They they help, you know. Anyway, lots of therapists and counselors and coaches and all that sort of thing. But what they told me is the processes that I created and the environment that I created and the perspective that I brought helped them to see things in a different way. Helped them to actually accept things that they knew needed to be fixed, but they just didn't know how to talk about them in, in the right way. They needed an outside voice, an outside perspective to say, hey... Um, 
your problem's n n not a nail and doesn't need a hammer. It needs, you know, it needs a different tool. And so that outside perspective was, you know, sometimes we need a coach. Sometimes we need someone that can come in and, and edit our, our, our writing or just review how we're working together, how we're, how we're thinking about the problem. Well, I totally agree. I have to say, I'm going to relate an experience here. The last, almost last, I don't know, 10, 11 months or so, I have been working on developing software to record and share life stories. I created a company called Raconto, which means story in Esperanto. And I've been working with a team of developers to build this. These developers have been building this tool according to my requirement, right? Because I was the one that had this vision. Well, starting about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I started reaching out to people like you and others to show them this tool that we've been developing. And they have shared all kinds of really, really interesting feedback, not just on the functionality of the tool itself, but its potential application in a variety of markets that I never would have thought of on my own. Or obviously with the developers, they didn't think of it either. That's not a knock on them, but they've just been really focusing on developing to my requirement. So there is such tremendous benefit from getting people with fresh eyes to look at your problem and not only help you um, diagnose the core of an issue, but also to identify all the potential solutions uh, that can help resolve this concern or, or address the challenge that you're facing. Uh, to me, it was it was absolutely uh, mind-blowing, the, the kinds of ideas that I, I, I was getting from people from all different walks of life, from you know people who were full-time stay-at-home parents to, to people on different continents who worked in different industries. Uh, it, it's been really, really uh, revealing to me but that is a scary thing to do because you have to be willing to say, I was wrong or I didn't think of this or, you know, be willing to acknowledge that it was a really great idea that you offered. If you come in it with pride and say, well, my, my, my product is the solution to all problems and there are, it, you're just going to be, you're, you're going to set it yourself up. If you're, if you're so sensitive to criticism, constructive criticism, then it's hard to really solicit and, and receive this kind of feedback. But if you're open and, and willing to let people in and let, let them share your, uh, their ideas with you, uh, it can have a tremendous influence. And I can see, you know, we've already adjusted our product roadmap based on all of the feedback that we received so far. And I'm, and I'm sure that we'll receive more feedback in the coming weeks and months that will help make our product just so much better. I am so thrilled for, for when you shared with me all the improvements that, that you've made. It's so exciting. And, you know, just the, the example that you've said about being vulnerable and open to outside perspectives, as a result, you are, it's obviously multiple minds are better than one or two. And so... But again, that takes humility. It takes, you know what, here's what I want to do. But the, the outcome 
Maybe it took a little longer than you anticipated, but it is so much better and meets so many more needs than maybe you initially even even thought. And I love the model that you have created. And and listen, for any of you out there, you know, you got to go to raconto.com. I think that's R-A-K-O-N-T-O. Is that right? Yeah, it's raconto.io. Uh, .io. Taken by somebody else. So it's raconto, R-A-K-O-N-T-O. Dot io. Oh yeah, you got to check that out. And you know, we have already. We what a great way to do oral storytelling and and family records. And you know, we uh, I personally have uh, you know a, a parent, my mother, who passed away. Gosh, you know, nineteen eighty five. This how many years ago is that? Thirty seven years ago. She was just fifty years old. So I was I was a kid, and I want to capture the memories of her brothers and my siblings and tell stories about her that, you know, that my grandchildren will hear someday. And, you know, from not only from me, but from other people who knew her and, um, and stories are such a powerful way to share memories and ideas. And so this, this platform is just really created some some great things and so if you have a great idea a great product sometimes we just got to get out of our way and and you know get unstuck absolutely uh well i feel through this conversation of 30 minutes my my innovative mojo is increasing and i and i i'm very much looking forward to applying the things that we've learned today spencer in not in my work not jo not just in my work in raconto but uh and other things and even life as well so thank you so much for sharing uh your knowledge with us today if people want to learn more about the great work that you're doing with organizations taping people up against walls or <laughs> going to retreats and, and sharing all of the knowledge and experience that you have to help them become unstuck, to help release their innovative mojo. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you? Well, heck, we're on LinkedIn right now. Follow me on LinkedIn. And, and uh, that's one great way to do it. The other is, uh, you know, follow our podcast, which is uh, Teamwork. Uh, a better way, the teamwork podcast and, you know, subscribe and, and like that. And, you know, I, Christian, I think we really need to make a, a, a specific teamwork YouTube page where we have all our recordings and, and have people can go there. I don't know if that's a good idea, but we'll talk about that later. And lastly, just go to our website, Altium Leadership. That's a L T I U M leadership.com. And, and Christian, you know what? One of the reasons why this has been such a great success, this Raconto, is because of your leadership and everything that, that you apply. You just, you know, you're so smart. And, and I, I always learn so much by being with you. How can people reach out to, to you and learn more about what you do? Uh, thank you, Spencer. They can follow me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, so uh, just look up Christian Napier on LinkedIn or uh Raconto, uh, you can email me at Christian at Raconto.io or uh, my other sister company, GP4, uh, GP4.com is GPFOUR.com. You can reach me there by email, CNAPIER at GP4.com. So many different ways to, to reach out and contact me. Hey, look, I'm in sync now. Jeez, that's great. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> we just got to get to the end. <laughs> yeah, right to the end. Before it was right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, 
All right. Well, good to be with you and and uh, join us next week. We're actually going to be on Monday. And I believe, what time is it? Is it going to be at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time? I think that's right. I think that's right. But I'm sure we'll put it up on LinkedIn so hey, people will know exactly it, when it is. And we've got a fantastic guest. Yes, we do. And and we will uh, we'll put it up on LinkedIn, let you know when we're going to be on. But we have Heath Barnes. And Heath is just a, a great business mind. He's based out of Houston and, uh, you know, just really excited to have him. He's, he's a, a student of, of leadership and development. He, he spent so much of his life working on how to improve his abilities to lead, uh, his abilities to, uh, to be successful in business. And he's, he's done that. And so I'm excited to have Heath. He's got a tremendous energy. He's lots of fun. He's just, he's great to talk to. So I, we're, we're going to have some fun with, with him. And, 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 and it'll be interesting because that'll be the first time we've had three on this type of format. So we'll, we're working on new stuff all the time, breaking ground. Yep, uncharted territory. I, I'm so excited for next week. Uh, listeners and viewers, uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast and and we'll catch you again next week. Spencer, thank you so much. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. Hey, let's let's enjoy that uh, the Olympics on Friday and I'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll do.